0: We are very excited about today's show, and before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So, Jesse, tell us what you got for us.
1: Stephen, we get emails all the time about people that are looking for pageant earrings specifically because they go to their local stores, they're finding really cute earrings, but they're really either not big enough, bright enough, unique enough to translate to areas of pageant competition. So, I get the struggle. I want everyone to know that we have a huge assortment of pageant earrings on our pageant
0: planet shop. Yeah, I mean, pageant earrings are one of those things where if you have a really unique dress, right, and you don't have the right earring to go with it, and it's like, it's not like you can just go to, you know, Macy's or something like that to find something like this. I mean, a lot of times it's very specialized and, yeah, we've got a big selection. So why don't you kind of give us the gamut of maybe some of the different people that we cover, um, different styles, different price points, and just how it all works.
1: So we have... Literally everything in our store, we have a combination of more casual interview style earrings, so different color selections, somewhere between two and three inch, um, fairly simple. So that way it won't, it'll draw attention to your face, but it won't be distracting. Um, And those are often with like, um, with colored stones, et cetera, it's a lot of fun. Um, but we also have Jim um, Ball earrings, which are all made with Swarovski crystal, So they sparkle like no other on stage, which is so important to catch the light in the right way. We have some that are between four and five inches, that way you will absolutely not get lost in the crowd. Some people say the girl with the biggest earrings wins the pageant. (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily tend to disagree with that statement, so keep that in mind. Um, But everything from like your casual fun earrings for either your interview outfit or your appearances, to your very dramatic clear or AB stone, we have gold tone, we have silver tone, etc. Something that will be able to be translated across the board, and you can wear several times over.
0: Yeah, and if you like a certain style, we have them in a lot of different colors too. Which, if you click through, yes. you can see them in yes. a lot of different colors. So, um, all right, where can they find them, and just kind of give them the scoop of um, yeah, all that details.
1: So they can find them by visiting very simply shop.pageantplanet.com. There's a range of prices too. We have, like we said, very high end Swarovski crystal earrings, but also more fashion earrings that are just made to be, um, so they're looking for one outfit at a time or so. Um, so something for everyone. So if you're just looking for a niche pair, um, take a look, you'll probably find something that will interest you.
0: Okay. Welcome to pageant planets podcast where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse, Ledoux, and myself, we are going to be discussing the makeup techniques that you must know to compete in pageantry. So Jesse, set the stage for us.
1: Well, I don't think it's any surprise that one of the most fun parts of competing in pageantry is getting all dolled up. And that includes hair, gown, and, of course, makeup. And pageant makeup is truly an art for those who have learned how to master
0: it. Yeah. I mean, I always like am so impressed with the things that girls can do with makeup. When I see Renata, like, one, the time that it takes – the the amount of tools and resources because I mean it can be expensive the Mm -hmm. learning curve and all that it is it's intense and throwing on the like the intensity of a competition too on top of all that like I am always super impressed equally as impressed as when girls can walk up and down stairs in heels
1: yeah I'm still working on that (laughs) Um, but for those of us who haven't fully mastered makeup it can be a major stressor on competition day. So first, there are questions for what's the best type of makeup to wear and how you should wear it. And then the second stressor is the challenge of how to apply it if you don't plan to use the services of a professional come pageant day. So it can be a lot of pressure to try and execute a look when you're already stressed and nervous.
0: Yeah. And there's also that like divide, right? It's kind of Like, between what's successful on stage during a pageant versus like what's successful off stage, like in an interview room, because there's a difference there versus like what, how does pageantry relate to like the overall beauty industry? And Mm -hmm. I mean, the current trends look amazing in editorial spread, but then they could be really off putting for a judge or even like distracting, like if you do something, well, well, I'm saying air quotes wrong.
1: I'm glad you said that because a lot of contestants that are new to the pageant industry will use red carpet looks as their inspiration, which is a great starting point to learn your makeup techniques. But uh, we have to remember that those celebrities are on a red carpet. So they're getting they're getting flash bulbs, they're getting um, really tight camera shots, and they're getting um, TV shots as well. Whereas in the pageant world, you're likely going to be several tens of feet away, feet away from your judges (laughs) with crazy stage lighting, not natural lighting, not camera flashes, et cetera. So it doesn't always translate.
0: Yeah. And I can remember first getting into the industry and seeing the girls on stage and then seeing them after and seeing just how thick their makeup was and how thick their eyelashes were. I'm like, Wow. You look totally different up close. I mean, on stage it looked amazing, right? But up close you could just see the layers of it. And mm-hmm. if you were to take that inside the interview room, that just would not translate well at all.
1: Not at all. Absolutely. So today we're gonna discuss strategies that work and answering key questions for those who are currently indecisive.
0: Okay. So let's go ahead and like also since we have a large international audience, let's go ahead and just like talk internationally too if if these trends vary versus like international, right? So what's your first strategy that you've got for us?
1: So the first strategy is a classic smoky eye. And this is so safe across the board, no matter where you live, what your system, what your complexion, etc. And we were inspired to share this point with you um, by one of our Instagram followers. Stephen, you want to share the, the comment?
0: Yeah. So it's from Geneva underscore convention underscore. So I love doing taupe smoky eyes with big falsies that really highlight my eyes and make them pop.
1: So I think when people think smoky eye initially, their mind usually goes directly to a really dark and black based style. Stephen, do you think that as someone who's really not entrenched in makeup?
0: Yeah, completely. And I mean, it's one the word smoky right and two Mm -hmm. like that's what is most popularized like when it first came onto the scene that's what I feel like everybody did oh yeah
1: it was very dark very heavy very bold however I think in like the evolution of makeup smoky refers instead to a style of applications you can do a smoky in just about every color of the rainbow and right now we're seeing it in pinks and purples in the fashion world um, and in the youtube world Um, however like geneva says executing this look with brown tones taupe tones etc can, like, have the same dramatic appearance without looking too harsh. So instead of using darker colors, just pack on the pigment of the lighter hues. So you're just making sure that you have all of the color payoff with all of the different colors and tones you're using.
0: Yeah, I do like it because it adds that dimension, like, a bit of a flare there. Now, on, on levels of difficulty, if, if a listener has never done a smoky eye, mm-hmm. like, Let's say from 1 to you could do this in a sleep to 10, it's highly complex. But what would you rank it for a newbie?
1: Well, I would say there's different levels of a smoky eye, like I like my regular everyday workwear smoky eye, and it sounds funny to say I wear a workwear smoky eye, but I'm using very, very light brown tones. It just creates dimension that I would say is like a three because I'm rushing in the morning, I'm like not using my best products. I'm just like grabbing whatever I can find to run out the door. It's just a matter. I only use two colors in my everyday smoky, and I use the darkest color in the corner and into about halfway in the crease. And then I use a lighter tone all over the crease. And I did that backwards. I usually do the lighter tone in the crease first. And then I accent with the darker in the corner. So for me, like that is like a three. Anybody can master that. When you're looking at adding additional tones in that smoky, like a highlighter on the inner corner, maybe a lighter metallic on um, the base of your eye, a highlight under the brow. There are different levels of complexity Once you really start to master the application techniques, um, I mean, I would say it's probably like your standard. So you'd probably, once you practice, you can say it's probably a six.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask you this because the listeners, obviously, it's an auditory educational um, so that they can Google an image if they're just not familiar with it. But as far as tools, what do you use tools-wise
1: Tools wise, uh, again, if I'm using my everyday, which is the most basic, I have two different brushes. And again, I want to preface this. I am not a professional makeup artist. I've had no professional makeup training. I am from the school of YouTube and pageantry. So that's where I get my goods. So I will say, if you really are interested in mastering this, Go to our directory and search for makeup artists and see if you can find one that will give you a Skype lesson and give you the foundation from the start. And no pun intended with the word foundation. (laughs) Um, So I I use I think the most um, important tool for a smoky is um, a blending brush because if you are doing a smoky eye on the corners of your eye it is so important that you don't look like you have like a perfectly round circle on your edges blending is the key for a smoky eye so blending brushes you cannot have enough because you're going to be playing with different tones you don't want to use your dark tone blending brush the same time in the same way you're using a light one because you don't want those colors to mix and mingle so blending brushes above and beyond a million of them.
0: Okay, great. All right, well, what's your next strategy that you have for us, or the next technique, rather?
1: So the next technique is to work your coloring, and again, inspired by our Instagram following. Steven, why don't you take it?
0: Okay, this is from uh, Danielle.Stanfield. She says, pink slash nude lips is my go-to, explanation point. So it really is her go-to. I don't like to be super matchy when it comes to makeup. I usually do a natural or a neutral eye, usually with a mauve collar in it because I have hazel eyes and it really makes them pop.
1: Oh, love this. So it's no secret that we are all born with different complexions and undertones. And when we say undertones, we've talked about this numerous times in the podcast. It's when you find what color your skin tone is. Um, And it's like a matter of whether you have blue undertones or green or yellow undertones, et cetera. And again, you can find all this information by just searching beauty blogs and Google. And our, I think we have a makeup course we with do. that information on it as it's like well. It's an
0: ultimate guide, 100 pages, and it deals with all different complexion types, talks about tools. I, I'll include it in the, the show notes, a link to it.
1: Oh, perfect idea. Thank you. Um, so that means like a, good, like a lip or eye color that looks good on last year's winner may not necessarily look right on you, which is a big big issue in the pageant industry newbies will copy exactly what they saw be successful in the previous year but we are all so different from each other that usually it doesn't equate success when you're trying to do that so for example if someone like Danielle had mauve in her eye color earner or eye color for her makeup um, might not look good on someone with brown eyes. It might be too close in complexity, et cetera. So you have to figure out what works best for you. Um, And practicing with a variety of colors is how you do that.
0: Okay, so if someone's confused about eye color, and I know there's a lot of different tests, et cetera, that you can run, what's kind of a quick hack that you have if someone just doesn't know?
1: So there's a couple different things. I would say step one, is to pick a celebrity with similar coloring to you. So I think you can kind of mirror in someone else. You see who likes has similar, like they look good in the same colors as you, they have similar hair color, eye color, et cetera. So I want you to collect pictures of them um, and their makeup looks that you think would translate well to the pageant stage. That's part one. So spend some time on Pinterest, spend some time looking up photos, et cetera. And then I want you to head either to the makeup counter uh, or your favorite makeup artist and ask them to suggest comparable products and shades that are a similar fashion to them. And that way, you know, like, okay, these are going to translate to me because they look good on this person that kind of resembles me.
0: Yeah. And okay. Walk through, cause I've been to the makeup counter several times with Renata. I actually find a it- like it's a learning experience for me to like things with this, and so I, I sit there with her while she's getting her makeup done, and I ask the the expert question so i i think I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. um my capacity to retain that information because I don't have a really great foundation is weak, but over time, I think I'll get better but for someone that's never had that kind of experience of sitting down at the mac makeup counter um can you walk through a little bit of what that what the expectation is do people like Do you have to pay to do that? Um, Are you allowed to sample different products, et cetera?
1: Sure. So Mac, you do need to pay for a makeup application. Um, I will say both Sephora and Ulta have some pretty great opportunities to interact with makeup products. Um, And here's how. So Sephora and Ulta both have like stations on the end of each aisle that have makeup remover, Q-tips, applicator brushes, et cetera, that you can use for a one time to like, do a swatch of a color on your hand if you want to kind of see how it looks initially. And then both places also allow the option for what they call like a mini makeover. So like you say, okay, I want to get this foundation, but I really don't know how to apply it best. Could you show me how to apply it? And you're only asking for one area, you're not like looking for a full face application of makeup. They will guide you through how to use that. So, Or if you're going to get a palette of eye colors that have five different colors, I really don't know how best to use this. They will show you, live for free, how to best use those products, which is huge. And again, like many of them have like experience much like us, like trial and error, et cetera. So they will be able to work with you and answer those questions in kind of similar fashion. I know with Sephora, if you commit to a $50 purchase, they will do your whole face for free. Um, so it's great to say, okay, I need, I need a mini, I need a makeover. Can you do it? And then su- suggest products and like show them photos of what you're looking for. And then afterwards you say, okay, I really love how this foundation looks like, where is it? How much is it? What's my shade, et cetera and then you can buy right then and there so you can like really build your makeup bag from scratch if you have no idea where you're starting from.
0: Yeah, and if you think about it from their perspective, it's money well spent, time well spent for mm-hmm. to teach you the person in their chair how to use their makeup, their tools because the there's a higher probability that you're going to come back with what you're already familiar with and what you already know how to use. Well, one of the things that I would suggest to our listeners is before you do that Um, this is what i do whenever i'm going to meet any kind of expert Um, i know i'm going to be at a luncheon with them etc i take some time before i go there and i jot down in my phone specific questions that i want to ask him or her um, about like how to do x amount like in my business or in my marketing and the same can be very applicable for when you're getting makeup done like know what kind of problem problem areas that you're having and be preemptive. Have those questions written down, and get all of your questions answered. Because that fifty dollar like guaranteed product purchase, or if you've committed to buying a fifty dollar product, and you get that tutorial, you bring you you know five or six questions that can completely change your makeup game.
1: Oh, and I'll even extend that further. I think that's a perfect point. And for for me, like I I've gone in. I'm like I can't seem to fully conceal my under eye area. Like it's just not bright as bright as I want it to be. It's not as smooth as I want it to be. But I I know I have the best concealer out there and I know I have the best foundation out there. So she like snapped her fingers and like, it's like, I'll be right back. And she like (laughs) hustled away. And then she brought over this like under eye brightening cream. So it wasn't necessarily makeup. It was a skincare part of my routine that I hadn't been using. And I used it like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need this. Without Mm. like, without changing one thing of the makeup I already had, this made a difference. So to your point, starting with what you want to accomplish in your questions helps them figure out what, what they need to look for specifically for you. So don't be afraid to be vocal. Don't be shy. Like it's your learning experience.
0: Mm, Yeah. And, um, do you mind if I share something about dark, um, under eye circles?
1: No, by all means.
0: Yeah. So like Renata, she is, Like struggled with this and she's like i tried every type of makeup and it just it didn't work for her Um, because they were so dark and it's like hereditary hereditary thing um Mm -hmm. so she um you know since we have the medical spa that's located here in um, boston um she learned that you can put filler in between your like right in that area and what it does is it creates a little separation gap because the the, dark, the darkness is something like your skin is falling kind of like too close to I don't know, the blood vessels or something yes, there, right? Yes, that is my problem. Yeah, so you put a little filler right there and it creates a separation and it really lightens. I mean, I saw a noticeable difference in her without makeup. So it was wow. to the point where she never left the house without makeup because of those and now... She goes to work sometimes without makeup because I mean her skin's beautiful anyways. She yeah. just didn't like how her under under eye circles were, so she mm-hmm. put some filler in there. Um, naturally, like we do filler the spa, whatever. But so she couldn't inject herself, so she had one of her other injector friends, like injector. And, um, yeah, that sounds
1: like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: they really are. They all get together and like at each other's spa and then they will inject each other and share different tips and strategies. It's a, it's a cool little network of people, but, um, yeah, it, it was a noticeable difference. And I was, so I wanted to share because I know that that's one area that she struggled with and it, she had tried to buy the most expensive things. She tried to like a lot of different strategies and this really worked for her. Oh, that's great okay Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. all right so what's the next strategy or technique that you got for us and the last one i guess
1: yeah so the third is the so it's a question it's too bold or not too bold that is the question so steven how do you feel about a bold red lip both like so tell me how you feel about it on the pageant stage and then how you feel about it off the pageant stage
0: okay so on the pageant stage i don't mind it at all because the boldness doesn't seem like as bold um Off the pageant stage, I'm not as crazy about it. Like when Renata wears it, um, she has Kylie Jenner's um, lip and she loves it. Um, I just, I'm I'm not as big a fan of that one as I am more of the, more of the neutral based lipstick in real life in front of my face.
1: Oh, we are opposite believers. Yeah. I love, I love a red lip in person. I feel like it really makes a statement. It draws attention really well. Um, On the pageant stage, I feel like it can be a little it can come on really strong. So depending on your personality, it can work for or against you. But you do make a good point with at least it like not getting lost in the stage light. So we'll address that. So um, when you see your favorite celebrities on the red carpet or at special events, we often see them take chances with their makeup. Like we already mentioned, like the pink smoky eyes, the purple smoky eyes, etc. They might do a really simple eye look with a bold red lip. They might do a really dark, smoky eye and add a pop of color on their lash line, like a blue or a silver, et cetera. Both of these look amazing. But remember, your goal is to look your best on stage. This means the intensity of your look should be consistent from eyes to lips. And granted, to Stephen's point, we have seen Miss Universe's win with a bold red lip. And I think Stephanie Fernandez, does that sound familiar, Stephen, that name? Uh She was like third of the Miss Venezuela's
0: yeah and I feel like the one I thought of was Nia Sanchez she had the red dress and didn't she have a bold red lip
1: I don't feel like she did no? let me do, okay. a quick Let's do a quick search
0: well, I, I, uh, I could be I could be misremembering but okay
1: we have to find out we have to find out okay All anyway right. so to be honest for the vast majority of contestants a neutral um a neutral pink is far more successful and the reason being is judges don't have a lot of time to evaluate how they feel about you. If they're shocked by the red color or caught off guard, maybe it's the wrong red for you, that will likely work against you and you're scoring. And I don't want to like always root for the safe bet. I think those that listen know that I am new school pageant. I like people to take chances, but makeup is one area where I feel like tried and true strategies always prevail. So When I say tried and true, I mean a neutral, smoky, a neutral cheek and a neutral lip, just to enhance your natural coloring, really is successful. You don't want to go too nude in your lip because, like Steven said, those lights will wash you out. Um, but something that has a little bit of a rosiness without taking over. What do you think, Steven? Now uh, that you've heard my explanation, no,
0: that that makes total sense to me. And Nia Sanchez did not wear um, a bold. A bold red lip as Mr. Boom. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> hey, I, I, uh, I defer to your pageant trivia way beyond Mine, you. <laughs> it, it is
1: well, and Nia Nia's one of those examples where I say, like, people like, well, if coaching clients are wearing a red dress and they want to match a red, I like, I, I, think it sticks in my mind because I know in the past I've said, you know, Nia Sanchez wore this incredible red dress. She did not match her lips to it. She stuck with neutral mm-hmm. so that, like, she was able to still maintain a softness of her presence. We talked about this when we did her the color analysis, Stephen. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where like she still wanted to maintain that soft and wholesome look, Mm -hmm. but show she could do sex appeal with a red dress. So it just depends on what your natural aura is and what your goal is on stage. But no judgment, Steven, (laughs) you've had to watch a lot of pageants and it's a lot of information.
0: Oh, you're kind But really, like in in this area, (laughs) I I mean, you far supersede me and that is totally okay. We all have our skill sets. Okay, so if you're going to summarize this this episode for the people listening, how would you do that? Plan All right, the plane so for us.
1: It's kind of a long summary, but it's okay. still a summary. Yeah. But the first um, part I want to say is take the time to practice makeup on a very regular basis. There are so many resources available that there is like no excuse not to know the basics so find a makeup artist on youtube or find a makeup artist on our pageant planet directory that will give you a lesson so you can start fresh and strong one of my greatest pet peeves is a contestant who has a professional makeup artist and they do their makeup at the pageant but they can't replicate even close to that for personal appearances so that doesn't really touch our three tips but that is just like to reinforce Don't rely on professional ability on the day of your pageant. Really make sure these skills are honed on your own. And then lastly, with that said, set time once a week to pick out an area of makeup to practice and start honing your skills and learning what colors work best for you. So one week, maybe it's you want to learn to apply contour. The next week, it's to perfectly line your lips. The next week, it's brows. Whatever it is. Just make sure you are able to like really get into the final, the finer nitty gritty details of how to successfully apply makeup for you. So that's my summary is take it into your own hands and practice, practice, practice. Yeah.
0: And this skill set, I mean, it'll carry with you all throughout your career. I mean, job interviews, as you said, like appearances, et cetera. And, you know, that's where um, somebody like at a Mac or a Sephora makeup counter can really help. Like show you what how to wear your makeup for interview, but our directory of experts pageant experts can show you what's gonna really look good on stage. And there Mm -hmm. is that noticeable difference. So awesome. Well, when this podcast was recorded, uh, we were fresh off the heels of International Women's Day. And we want to take the time to celebrate all of the incredible and strong women that listen to this podcast, women like yourself. And we are not afraid and who are not afraid to let their voices be heard. So thanks again for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.